Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All right, football fans, welcome back to the Underdog Podcast, where we talk G5 football and only G5 football for Underdog Dynasty. We are back with another episode of what we've been calling Joe Talk, and that is me, Joe Serpico, and on the other line, I got my man, Joe Broback. Say what's up, brother. What's going on, everybody? How we doing? We are ready to recap the NFL Draft. I think uh, you and I both can agree that we were looking to see where some of our favorite guys in this conference would end up. Uh, some surprises. Uh, we're going to dive into plenty of those. Uh, some feel-good stories as well. Obviously, the whole situation with Shaquille Quiffin ended up in Seattle is something we will definitely touch upon. And we are also going to talk about a little bit about the announcement that there is going to be a college football game. I know you're looking forward to that, Joe. Yes, definitely. Uh, it's been way too long, and I'm really excited. Yeah, I'm ready to play with some guys that are, like, you know, in this era. You know, tired of using uh, Philip Walker for the past, like, 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I love PJ, uh, he was a man at Temple. But, uh, yeah, let's just dive into some of these uh, picks. Uh, before we really talk about the players, the conference as a whole had 18 players, which stacks up, which I guess you can say stacks up perfectly with their P6 movement because they finished sixth in out of all the conferences there. Um, only two behind the Big 12, so I think that also makes a uh, valid statement of their claim that they want to be a P6 conference. Yeah, they're, and it, we've been talking about all year how it's we're, they're on the right track, and it's the NFL draft is just another step. And I was pretty surprised with where some guys went, and I was also a little bit surprised that other guys weren't drafted. But obviously, we'll dive deeper in that here in a little bit. Yeah, and obviously, it's no surprise that UCF led the conference with the number of players taken. Uh, I brought up Griffin. I guess we can just start with that there just because, like I said earlier, he ends up in Seattle with his brother. Uh, once again, they are reunited. And I think it's important to note, like, you know, everybody's talking about, you know, I said it myself, a feel-good story. But Seattle got themselves a pretty good football player. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, it was pick 141. I'm pretty sure that's the fifth round. I think that's a steal for a guy who pretty much had a hell of a combine and has proved that he is a good football player. Well, and he continues to silence any doubters that he may have. He didn't get an invite to the combine right away, and then when he did, he just killed it. And now everybody 
is expecting all that he won't go until day three. And then, you know, he does go day three, round five, like you were saying. And I agree. I think he it's a steal. We'll see. Obviously, the biggest question for, for him is going to be, can he play with one hand and whatnot? And, I mean, that's nothing new to him. He's been dealing with that his whole life, and now he's just going to take it to the NFL. And I just love that he gets to play with his brother. I think that's that's one thing that I was really pumped about is not many people get the chance, regardless of what level they're playing on, and they've gotten to do that on every single level. I think that's so cool. Yeah, and I know that's not necessarily the same conference, but I did also think it was cool that the uh, the Edmonds brothers were both drafted in the first round, the first time uh, brothers have been drafted in the first round. thought that was pretty neat as well. A lot of uh, sibling stuff going on in this draft. Family love. Can't complain about it, right? Exactly. Um, just to keep going through some of the UCF guys, at least, Mike Hughes was a first-round pick, so we obviously have to bring him up. He went to the Vikings at the 30th spot. Uh, he was the first player taken out of the conference, and I think it is – I mean, it's a solid move for – because I don't think he needs – and actually, you would be the perfect purpose in touch of on this, but I don't think he needs to be slotted right away into a starter either, right? No, and he's probably going to play more nickel uh, in the slot because the Vikings have Xavier Rhodes and Trey Wayne, so he's not going to take their spot anytime soon. And they do need – I mean, they did just sign Terrence Newman, so – I can't wait to hear all the How national bro- yeah right all the national broadcasters just talk about Terrence Newman is four years old like that's so old just stop but Hughes also can return which is nice uh, that kind of takes out. Uh, Marcus Sherrill's I think kind of we'll see how obviously everything goes obviously but I think he fills not only that nickel role but he can also be the returner that the Vikings need yeah I thought that was a solid pickup uh, I, I was honestly surprised to see that it was the Vikings going that route but I mean that's a team with the solid defense and you can never not have enough good corners that's for sure um, just to kind of go through the other two guys that were taken there uh, Traquan Smith went 91st overall to Saints, and Jordan Atkins, who we kind of touched on on our last show on the uh, draft preview, I guess, uh, went 98th to the Texans. I think he'll be a nice little weapon for Deshaun Watson, and they don't really have much experience on there, so they should make that team. As far as UCF, they four guys that went in there, led the AAC, obviously, also led all the G5 schools. And just to touch on some of the schools that they matched in terms of drafted players, you have Auburn, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, Texas, and USC. They all had the same amount of players drafted as UCF. That's pretty good. Oh, I can't I like complain. It. I like it. And while, and while before we move away from UCF, because I know we didn't get to talk about it the last time, uh, they unveiled their banner. I'm all about it. <laughs> I just think it's so. I just think it's funny because you have Alabama and their fans, and, and not even just their fans, their players too, are just so offended by this. It's it's almost like an older brother, younger brother relationship. The younger brother is just doing things to piss off the older brother, and the older brother keeps taking the bait. Like Alabama doesn't need to really acknowledge anything that UCF does, but the fact that they keep doing it just reinforces that UCF is going to continue to do things like this. And they do have an argument. I'm not saying it's just an antic, but 
it's just so funny to see Alabama's reaction, and it's everybody that's involved with the program. But can you blame UCF? That's the best part. They're, I mean, like you kind of said, they're like, you know, they're egging them on almost at and this why, point. Why wouldn't you? Like it's exactly, it's it is working, and it, it's bringing all the it's bringing all the attention that you could want to to that program. Down that's there. what I was just gonna say. Yeah, it's bringing all this attention to a team that if they didn't do this, they wouldn't get any recognition. Yep. And they totally deserve it after the year they have. Exactly. Um, let's just go through the couple of other guys drafted. SMU had three guys drafted, the highest one being uh, Cortland Sutton going 40th overall to the Broncos. I think that's a solid pickup by them. Another guy that doesn't have to be rushed into his role. Uh, he'll be, be behind um, Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas there, who are two good guys that he can learn how to run routes from because that's the knock on him. So I think that's a very good pickup by the Broncos there. Trey Quinn was also selected the other wide receiver. He was actually Mr. Irrelevant going to Washington. Anything you want to add about the S? you guys i was surprised that quinn went that with that last pick i thought he would pick be picked a lot earlier uh there's going to be a ton of guys that we're going to talk about soon that we <laughs> thought should be drafted a lot earlier and he was the last one taken so anthony miller going to the bears uh i believe 50 151st so that's the second round there um they're a team that's in need of receivers but again they signed a bunch of guys this offseason, so he, too, doesn't have to be rushed in. But like I said in, on our last show, he's my favorite receiving talent that was coming out of this draft. So I'm really looking forward to see what he does with the Bears and see if maybe he makes Mitch Trubisky a uh, legitimate quarterback. I'm right there with I, you. I, I, know, I know you don't want that as a uh, as a Vikings fan, though. Yeah, you know, I, so I have, I have one of my good friends is a huge Bears fan, so we talk about the Bears and whatnot, and... Right when I saw Miller went there, I was, I'm I'm right there with you. I'm I love Anthony Miller. I love everything that he's about. Uh, his attitude is just what you want as a competitor. And then when I saw how he went to the Bears, I'm like, I mean, I'm I'm happy for him. Not happy that I have to see him twice a year just because of how good he can be. But overall, I was super pumped for him, and I'm excited to see what he can do with Trubisky. Yeah, I think that's a solid pickup by them. They definitely are trying to surround him with some. T- talent him being Trubisky I like some of the moves they did this offseason so it'll be interesting to see if they could compete in what should be a competitive NFC North I would think I guess we can really just because a couple other guys I know the USF guys got drafted uh Sanako into the Falcons I think will be a somebody we're going to hear his name a little bit at least this season some of these other guys we don't know if you're going to hear about right away um and while I'm thinking about it, I noticed that at least in the conference that other than Hughes, obviously, but it was it seems like position guys or skill position guys, I should say, went early in the draft, and then in the back end of the draft is when we saw a lot of the AAC defensive players go. Yeah, which is kind of weird. I don't know this draft overall. I think we'll get to it later, but there wasn't anything that was that really jumped out. There's there's one pick which you and I talked about before we started this, and Marcus Davenport that. I was really surprised about, but for the most part, yeah, there wasn't a ton that jumped out at me. Yeah, like you said, the skill position guys, which that was the one thing with Mike Hughes is I thought Minnesota was going to go offensive line because that's a bigger need for them. I think with what fell to them and the picks that went just before them, I think their hands are kind of tied and they had to pick Hughes, but 
I was surprised at how many skill position players were taken early. Yeah, I think that's kind of the way that the uh, the game is going, though. Obviously, everything is all about offense right now. Uh, I mean, I'm in the Baltimore area, as I've said before, so this town is all hyped that they've drafted Lamar Jackson. So that's all we're going to be hearing about down oh, here. Yeah, let's talk about that. Let's yeah. talk about that. That was the pick I was super pumped for. I mean, I totally like it. Uh, there's all the financial reasons behind it here as well. Flacco is set to make a ton this season, but then could be off the books next season. And, I mean, basically that's what it sounded like it's going to be like. Jackson takes this year off, and, you know, depending on what Flacco does this year, if he has a good year, maybe you do re-sign him and you keep, you know, Jackson in the waiting. But if Flacco has another down year or even average year, he's probably on his way out. Exactly. And you're going to see Lamar take over next year. Now, whether he'll be ready right away, because that's the knock, you know, his mechanics and he doesn't really have the greatest accuracy, that remains to be seen. But I also did hear, like, an interesting take today, which is kind of true, is, is, you know, some people want him to start right away because what does he really learn sitting behind Flacco? Because Flacco is not the same kind of quarterback. They're going to run a completely style of offense with Jackson. So there's people making that argument too. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I know that for the next year and a half, too, that all I'm going to hear about is when is Lamar Jackson going to be the starter for the for the Ravens. Well, and so I guess there's two ways of looking at that argument is what is he going to learn from Flacco? You could say they're not the same quarterback, but at the same time, you have this other people that are saying, well, he can look at Flacco's passing game and take things from there. So you could see both sides. And then the accuracy thing, and it, I've heard it from experts and analysts all leading up until the draft is accuracy is an issue for Lamar Jackson, but it's not for uh, Josh Allen. Like, why is that different? You know? So I just think it's so weird that there's so many different takes on the same guy and you could you can take one side or you can take the other and it's just like it's not going to matter you could you can be positive about it you can be negative about it but in the end, it's just everybody's got a different opinion, and no one actually knows what's going to happen. Nope, that's why we got to just kind of wait it out. And like we said, he'll get his chance to sit behind there unless Flacco gets hurt again because he, he's had a bad back for the past couple of years too. Right. So that might force him into action. And then some people are – so RG3 is also with the team, and some are saying that he should learn from him at least uh, how to slide a little bit so he doesn't get hit. Like – RG3 did to get his career basically over with. And that also happened by the against the Ravens, by the way. Ooh, bad karma. Yeah. Um, I guess because I only really want to dive through. There's one guy who I thought went really late, and I think he's going to be a steal, and that's Perry Nickerson going to the Jets at 179. I, I think he's going to be a stud for them. He's going to slide right into the slot right away. He's a burner. I know me and you have talked about him quite a bit, so I'm really excited to see what he does at the next level. Any of these other guys that you want to touch on that I haven't really touched on? Uh, Nickerson was the one that I was going to talk about as well. I, I like the pick. I'm surprised at how late he went, but at the same time, I think it's a great pick for the Jets. Um, I don't know if I agree with their quarterback selection, but you know their hands were kind of tied. The two other guys that 
were kind of surprising, and it was more because you and I didn't really talk about them, were uh, Jake Martin and Julian Taylor from Temple. Yep. I know they both surprised me also. Well, and I know at the beginning of the year we were talking how Temple's defense was struggling, and that's we didn't really pay attention to them. And then towards the end of the year they started to figure things out. And I, when I looked through the draft to see who kind of went where, those two were the ones where I was like, oh, I didn't realize Temple had draftable guys on defense, and that's not a knock on them as athletes, but I just didn't pay attention to them enough to know that, hey, teams are considering taking them. Well, I mean, I don't know if you've been paying attention, but I'm sure you have a little bit, but the Temple's been known, at least in the past decade or so, to pump out decent defensive linemen. So I think that kind of helps that you know it kind of helps to have that kind of pedigree I guess you could say, and I mean in the case of Taylor he's a guy that's I mean he was always athletic we always knew that about him but he was just always hurt so it's just one of those you know classic cases where he didn't really get to ever you know play to his full potential and he was somebody I saw that was apparently shooting up the boards towards the late end but I mean I know even myself I thought he was going to be undrafted the same goes with Martin uh, I thought the only maybe guy that could be drafted was Sean Chandler and that's the guy we did the uh, the draft profile on the site for because we thought that would be the one guy so yeah I can agree with that that those two two shocked me a little bit but again I think it does come back to do to the fact that Temple has a good reputation with defensive linemen in the NFL right now yeah and uh, obviously we'll talk about Chandler in a little bit but that, I think that's the other yeah like you said that's the other reason that I was surprised is I thought Chandler was going to be the one to be drafted and then he didn't even get drafted so that was uh, yeah that was just really surprising yes I, I totally agree with you um, so to recap the drafted players it was 18 again overall six of them were on the defensive line five wide receivers and I think if I remember correctly it was like three in a row that were wide receivers taken um, we got the tight end, two cornerbacks, three linebackers, and an offensive lineman. So that is the breakdown of the AAC. And this is now where we talk about, we talked about pretty extensively, I would think, in the last episode about a guy that we don't know where he's going to translate into the NFL and obviously went undrafted, which I guess didn't really surprise us there. But it's he went to the Cincinnati Bengals, and that is Quentin Flowers. I think that is an interesting pickup by the Bengals, I'd be curious to see how they use him, whether they plan to use him at quarterback, whether they plan to use him at running back. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do with him this summer. I'm not surprised that he didn't get drafted. You and I had talked about accuracy issues. And, I mean, he only completed, I believe, it was 53% of his passes this past year. And it just, it just wasn't consistent enough. So I wasn't surprised that they didn't look at him or I guess they wasn't drafted as a quarterback now I don't know how Cincinnati's going to use him obviously they have Andy Andy Dalton so they're not going to just throw him in at quarterback but the word has been that Flowers is going to move to running back and he's a great runner so I wouldn't be surprised if he figures it out but I'm it's just I don't know how that's gonna or how his transition is going to be I'm curious if he returns kicks. 
Like, I'm curious if that's a po- an option for, for Can him. he catch? That's my well, question. That, yeah, so that's the thing. He's obviously played quarterback, so he's not returning kicks in college. So yeah. I don't know. You know, that's and something we, it's a diff- we don't know. There's a difference know. between catching a kick and catching a shotgun snap. It, it, exactly. So, I mean, uh, I want him to do so well. He's He's been through so much crap, like more than I think you and I combined or anybody really. He's just lost so many people in his life, and he just continues to battle. So it, it, he's hard to not cheer for you just want him to succeed i agree i totally agree with you there i hope he does well it's again like we said in the last he just doesn't really have a position and that's just going to hurt him at the next level but he is a good he's a good football player um the Bengals as a whole actually picked up four undrafted free agents from the conference i mentioned flowers they also picked up a guy i know you like in junior joseph from UConn. Uh, they also picked up a Temple wide receiver and Adonis Jennings, who, who made some great catches this year. Be interested to see how he competes there. And then uh, UCF tight end Jordan Franks as well. Um, I know another guy that we talked about a little bit on the last episode and landed another guy in an interesting place, and that is Kyle Allen. He will be, I guess, learning, if you want, if you would, from uh, Cam Newton down with the Carolina Panthers. Well, and that goes, so it's kind of the reverse argument for Kyle Allen with uh, um, with Flacco and Lamar Jackson. You have Cam Noon who's can throw, but he's also a runner, whereas Allen's not a runner. So you have the opposite, like does he learn how to run or does is he going to learn how to throw? And I don't know if I necessarily, I don't know. It would be interesting what he learns from Cam Newton. I will say that the people doubting me for saying that Allen's not going to get drafted, like I think I proved my point. Like he's not, gonna, there's just too much that he needs to work on. And he's another guy that I want him to do well. The situation at Texas A&M was, didn't seem to be good. And then, He's just he just struggled with Houston, but I don't think he's gotten a fair chance. So I hope he gets a chance some point at some point down the road. But I don't know. I just don't know what he's gonna learn from a completely different style of quarterback in Newton. That argument totally makes sense. I do. I totally understand your argument there. Um, to touch on the last, I guess, big name quarterback from the conference that we talked about all season long, and that'd be Riley Ferguson. He went to the Bucks as a free agent. Another guy that will obviously sit behind Jameis Winston. We'll see if he maybe wins a backup job. Definitely will be a uh, a practice squad guy for sure. I would think. Yeah, the practice squad or even like third string, maybe backup. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be awesome for him. I'm not. It's so far from NFL season. It's not. I don't know depth charts right now, so I don't know who their backup is. I know it was Mike Glennon. He got paid to be pretty bad. Oh, man. Um, let me see. Who else would I have marked down here? Oh, a guy that I know we talked about a lot before the season started and then kind of didn't really produce at all, really, once the season got going, and he's with your Vikings, and that is Mike Boone from Cincinnati. What did you think of that little pickup? I mean, with Dalvin Cook there, he's obviously maybe just a camp body. Yeah. I know they lost a couple guys in free agency as well. I know well, McKinnon for sure. Because they have, they have, yeah, they lost McKinnon, and then they have Dalvin Cook who's coming back from injury, and then they have Latavius Murray. So you could argue that there is a spot for him to win, but 
He didn't, I mean, he, like, I, like I said, he didn't really show me anything this year that makes me think that he's an NFL player. Well, and he lost the job to Dokes, too, so it's yes. like, it's what what are you going to get out of it? I don't know. It's it's the same thing with Kyle Allen. Like, he didn't really get much in college, so what makes you think that you're going to get a ton in the pros? Like, you don't just, like, go from being average in and not and not like stats wise average like you just watch him and you're like okay he's just an average player like it's not he's not producing because his old line isn't blocking for him it's just he's just not producing and i just don't think that you go from being average at the college level to being a starter at the at the professional level can't argue anything again i mean it makes sense if you if you're getting benched at the collegiate level you know, your chances of making an nfl team i feel like are and it's not like we're talking about i mean cincinnati's not a powerhouse so it's not like they're a running not back yet. factory now uh, well i guess you make a good point uh, he is pulling in some recruits there so we'll see how it goes if it starts to turn around this year the one more thing i wanted to touch on for the undrafted guys was the giants were another team that picked up quite a few guys from the conference uh, we mentioned chandler and then they picked up two guys from ecu which makes me scratch my head a little bit uh, i don't know why anyone would feel like they have professional talent there and then they also got a center from SMU. Um, anybody else that I missed that you really wanted to touch on from the uh, undrafted don't be, guy? Don't be hating on Devon Grayson. He, he was he had a thousand yards receiving this year, didn't he? Gosh. I believe I, I believe you're right about God, that. Yeah, just because you hate the whole team doesn't mean you got to hate everybody on that team. They just are hard to watch, man. I mean, they can only I, go up. They I'm not going go to argue that. That's for sure. I'm just they, surprised that Chandler didn't get drafted. That just seems really weird yeah, to me that, that seems a little bit weird to me too because he's another guy with you know with a crazy story growing up homeless and things like that and he really crushes it in the weight room i think i mean giants have a pretty crowded backfield if i remember right so i don't know if he's going to make that secondary Which, there but yeah it's weird that he would sign with them versus someone that like i mean yeah i don't know and if you yeah. watch like him and um Dalton I think that's Randall more of because it's a clo- closer to home, maybe kind of thing. Yeah, that's just, true. I think but, that's like, maybe what it is. Maybe it, it's his home. Yeah, maybe that was the team he was a fan of growing up. I don't, you know. Right. Yeah. He's I from Camden, which I would think he would be an Eagles fan, but maybe he was Giants. Who knows? Eagles. Some suck. people are weird. Eagles Whoa. suck. Champions of the world. Did you hear David Akers going off at the draft? That was God, awesome. Yeah, he, he went nuts. That was so funny. That was funny. awesome. The best that part was, was so what you think about the last time you won a championship, these kids weren't even born. That <laughs> was like the ultimate sticking. Uh, so wow. And the funny part is David Akers is so like mild-mannered, at least from what I remember when he was playing, and now he's just like rubbing it in. That's so funny. Yep. Well, yeah, because they won a championship. He could finally rub it in. Yeah, that's true. Finally can rub it in. <laughs> Um, I don't have names of all the guys, but I did want to mention that 19 players from the FCF were drafted. I thought um, that was pretty impressive. And then four Division II guys as well. And even a guy from Australia that the Eagles picked to be an all- did you Did you see his tape? 
Yeah, I watched it. It was. I mean, he, oh I mean, it's God. rugby, so it's completely different, and I don't know how it's going to translate in the but NFL still. whatsoever. But he was just mowing dudes over. Oh my over. God, I would not. It was kind of scary. Yeah, that was kind of a little bit scary. Like, I mean, I felt bad for some of those guys because you could tell they were like probably like my size or smaller, and they were <laughs> six foot eight guy just just running them over. With and that's the impressive part is how big and how quick he was. I was just like, oh my god, that was another one I thought was very uh, interesting. But again, of course, our conference leads the G5 or was just outside of the P5, so we'll call it the P6, like we have been. Um, before we talk about this video game, I know you're really looking forward to that. Any more draft talk you want to? mentioned before we get it going here no i you know the one thing i just saw today was it was i think it was was it 29 of the 32 first round picks were multi-sport athletes i thought that was interesting today i didn't know that which i thought that was funny that they brought that up for football because I don't know a ton of people that are specializing in just football. I think they, the point was kind of missed. You, it's more basketball. I think a lot of kids are fo- like specializing yes. in basketball. So like it was cool. I mean, I know like Urban Meyer won't recruit a kid, or needs a really good reason to recruit a kid that's not a multi-sport athlete. And I, I'm a very big supporter of playing multiple sports. I just think it's going to help you with with burnout and not getting sick of the sport but yeah i just thought that was interesting that i I would be surprised to know which three were the ones that that did specialize yeah that would be an interesting uh thing to figure out i mean i think like you said it makes sense it's the burnout factor that you mentioned and i mean different sports they help you out in other sports in different ways i know like if you're a tight end that's played basketball you know the whole posting up thing obviously helps you out and you find that with i mean look at this case with this rugby guy we were just talking about you know those traits they do translate to the nfl so there are there are other sports that well, definitely help you translate into other sports. Exa- well, and think of it as like like you and I. Soccer, I mean, soccer players are most of the time that's where your kickers are. You know what right. I mean? Right. And it, think about it as like not even from playing it, just from like watching. Like there's a certain point where like for me, baseball, which I know you're a baseball guy and I'm not necessarily like anti-baseball, but there gets a point where I'm like, okay, baseball needs to be over and football needs to start. And then after football is over, it's like, okay, this is a nice break to watch basketball or hockey or if you're watching soccer, like it's just nice to get a break instead of one sport every single day, all year round. Agreed. Now you're totally right. That's why we love all of them. Exactly. That's why we love all of them. Even though our baseball teams suck. Oh, it's been hard to um, be in the same room as a lot of those players lately. Yeah. They are not. They are not fun to be around right now. They are miserable. Yep. And I can't blame them. It's like one of those things. I don't even know what to say to some of them sometimes. Keep asking the same things over and over. Anyways, let's talk about something fun, which is that college football game that's supposedly on the way. Um, what year did they say that thing was coming out? 2020? 2020, yep, 2020. 2020, so we got to wait just a couple more years. 
I guess technically one more football season, or I don't know how they're going to make that work. Yeah, I, I don't know how it's going to work. Yeah, I guess uh, hopefully it's maybe one more year. But the big thing is obviously, you know, they're trying to make it seem like it's just going to be whatever you want on there. You're going to have all these fake teams on there, blah, blah, blah. But the main thing is we're going to have a college football game where we can make, because somebody's going to make those rosters for us. So we can play with the current guys, and I am so looking forward to it. I am, like you said before the show, I'm, I'm still holding on to my PlayStation 3 for one reason, one reason only, and that's to play that game there. Exactly. And, and I can't. Better. It, it infuriates me because I got a PlayStation 4 that I can't even download it on there because that's what I had. I downloaded it on my PlayStation 3. Yeah. Because like I can't even download it on my PS4, which was like infuriates me. So I that's the other reason why I got to hold on to the, the three. Well, and the one thing I hope people are aware of is like when this game comes out, it's not going to be perfect, and it's oh, not because no. it's know, not EA. Well, right, and it's it's not because you're not even that. Like it's just when a game comes out, like even like Call of Duty games or anything that's come out, like there's there's bugs you need to fix and there's other things that need to change. And it's going I hope like honestly I hope it is a little bit different than the EA games because otherwise you're just making the same product and that gets boring. And I know it's still college football and most people play the same things, but having those like like Ultimate Team, that was great. A nice little change to you know everything that they've been putting out. I mean, Dynasty mode's fun, Road to Glory's fun, but I just hope they don't just recreate that game. And then I hope that people are patient enough to wait until the game can get fixed if there are issues, and that they don't have like super super high expectations. I know it's hard because the game's been gone for so long, but I think I'm just more excited that there's a game coming back, and then maybe just maybe. It forces EA to do something, too, and then there's competition for which game you like better. Now, that's an interesting debate right there, whether EA will be forced to make a comeback, if, if you will, to uh, make that competition. I would Obviously, they would be ahead of this new game that you're talking about, and I agree with everything you're saying about, you know, I mean... It's also a video game, so if you're taking it that seriously, like <laughs> true, you, know, you need to relax a little bit. You know, if it's got its glitches, which they all do, I'm guilty of playing Fortnite quite a bit. That's got plenty of glitches in there. Trust me. So there's, you know, so it's a video game. If you're freaking out about things like that, maybe reevaluate your life a little bit. <laughs> Figure but out your again, priorities. Yeah, but again, like. I am looking forward to this game. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do with it in terms of the number of teams, because if they're going to be as spot on as what the you know college football landscape looks like now. Well, they said I think it's 126 customizable teams. So, so basically, yes. Yeah. So for the most part, yes. So customizable, and that's the thing. That basically means that we're going to be able to recreate it. You know, somebody will create that roster just like they did in the past. Exactly. Which I will not be complaining about because it saves me from doing a lot of work. I remember like way when those games first came out, like you would have to do it manually yourself, and I would hate that. Yep, not worth it. <laughs> no, nah, definitely not. Like I would do go through like a, just the temple team, and that was it, and be like, okay. But it'll be yeah, it'll be it'll be fun. It'll be fun to get that game back in. Uh, it's something that I know we've all been looking forward to. I know plenty of college football fans have been dying for that to come back. Yes, I agree. Can't wait. And it's going to be a long wait. But guess what? We've been waiting for four years already, five years, whatever it's been. We can wait a couple more. 
just pay the players so you can put their names on there. God, seriously. Thanks, Ed O'Bannon, for nothing. Yeah, whatever. That's a whole other argument for another day. Got his $20 check out of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I guess, back to the draft talk a little bit here. Two teams didn't have any anybody drafted or picked up as undrafted free agents. Am I right on that to say Navy um, and Tulsa? Yeah, I didn't see anybody. I didn't see anybody from either school. Well, I was surprised, like, DJ Palmore or Micah Thomas didn't get picked up from Navy because they were, I mean, they weren't, do like, they, is it have any, Maybe it has something to do with their military commitment because I know they had to make a special exemption well, for right, Keenan Reynolds when he came out. Yeah. So maybe that, you know, maybe that plays a, a bigger factor than we, we know about. Because Keenan Reynolds obviously was... Smashed records, so right. So um, I feel like you know he was such a bigger, high-profile name, and that's why maybe that's you know that that hurts Palomar, like you just brought up in Tulsa. Right. Yeah, but, and I mean, Tom, I was a little bit shocked to see the, not one guy from Tulsa, not one. Well, they were trash, so I mean, they were bad, but come on, so was they, ECU, uh, and they got well, a couple guys picked up. <laughs> but Tulsa also didn't lose a ton of guys, at least not a ton of of their better players per se. Uh, I know they lost one of their linemen. I don't know if it was Ethan Plague, but the other two, like Chandler Miller, will get drafted next year, um, and then Tyler Bowling's the other guy. He's, he's, I know, it's either Plague or Bowling left. I can't remember which one, but one of those two is coming back and with Miller, so that helps. I'm surprised like D'Angelo Brewer didn't get picked up. Yep, that's. I mean, that was the one I was in my head. Like, I mean, no one, no one. Running backs usually picked. somebody picks. You know what I mean? Right. That's weird. I don't know. Maybe he's still going to get picked up, but that was kind of surprising. That's the thing about the draft. It's full of surprises. Exactly. All right, I guess on that note, we can end this show here. Well, we won't keep you guys too long here. Um, Make sure you're listening to the other podcasts. They'll be coming out in the next couple days that we'll be talking about the Conference USA and some belt players that uh, will be in the NFL. Make sure you're following Underdog Dynasty on Facebook and Twitter. Me on Twitter at Joe Serp and other Joe at Joey Brovac. Thanks for listening, and we are dying for college football season to start.